T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews. Thank you for joining me. we got a big show planned for you. And before we get to any of that, I wanted to hit some headlines that uh, have come across uh, my, my conscience from different people have sent to me that I don't want to pass up and I want to pass along. Like the term, have you heard this term? Maskne. This is uh, acne from wearing a mask. Uh, technical term is acne mechanica. And a lot of times it's uh, sports players or musicians that play like a violin where their chin rests on, uh, you know, on the instrument themselves for long periods of time or football or hockey players. They wear uh, the helmets and, and, you know, the chin guards and things like that. It creates irritation to your skin. Well, the masks are no different. Now, uh, my wife and I bought a uh, hundred masks as soon as we could, you know, three months ago, and we're trying to go through them, uh, you know, a new one each time we leave the house but we don't go out very much, like a lot of people during this isolation time. Uh, but we do carry the mask with us. And getting a, a clean mask, making sure you have a clean mask, is probably the most important. And if you do get this mask knee uh, or mask acne, if you want to call it that, uh, you should maybe talk to a dermatologist if it's severe. Otherwise, maybe some normal acne medication might do the trick for you. But it is it is serious still, obviously. And wearing the mask seems to be the common denominator uh, over any coronavirus task force uh, a press conference that you've seen or anything you've been seeing online. It's just probably the best way to go. At least that's the best we've got at this point. And I say probably want to take that advice. How about this headline? Would you like a side of glitter with that burger? Yeah. Uh, if you're a fan of exotic dancers and eating in your car, then a Vivid Gentleman's Club is probably your kind of pandemic paradise. Uh, it's a Houston-based strip club that is offering a drive through Yep, it's uh, Burger King only with uh, dancing involved. Seriously, they've got black metal barricades separating the dancers from the cars, and dollar bills are littered all over the asphalt. You can't make this stuff up, right? Uh, the dollar bills all over the uh, the drive-through area. But it's not a gimmick. It might seem like a gimmick, but the, the, really it's not. And ever since uh, the governor of Texas, Governor Abbott, issued an executive order directing all bars and restaurants to shut down, way back in March, hundreds of thousands of bartenders, servers, and the entertainers have been out of work, including those at uh, Vivid Gentlemen's Club. Well, restaurants are allowed to operate at 50% capacity. Bars still currently shut down completely in the state of Texas. 
And so the option that they came up with was uh, for these uh, gentlemen's clubs, they kind of fall in the gray area of bars and restaurants. So they decided to take a shot at a drive-through experience by becoming Texas's first drive-through strip club. And I am not kidding even a little bit. Is this going to catch on? I don't know. In the new world we live in, they believe that their their job is mission critical, that they are an essential business. And they said that they racked the numbers and they should be able to do it. They realized if we don't do it, uh, then others won't. But if we do do it, we're going to be helping the entertainers and the staff and the employees because to keep open uh, they they just can't have that many people in. So they're trying to actually uh, register as a restaurant uh, so they can have people into their quote-unquote establishment. Jada, on stage number three, no, I'm kidding. Jada says, I definitely think it's essential. The business is essential. Everybody needs entertainment. Everybody needs their hair done. Everyone needs something. And I feel like this is where uh, that comes into play. And they're doing a good job of keeping it within the limits of what they can do. So they're they're trying it out. So hats off to Texas for trying to think outside the box, so to speak. Uh, another thing, in the sports world, we talked about acne mechanica, which is maskne. Uh, there are some uh, players in the NBA that are going to be wearing aura rings. Have you heard of these things? It, it actually, it, to me, the first thing I thought of was mood rings, if you remember those things. Well, the aura ring has been around for a couple of years. They say it could assist in offering a future forward glimpse of your health forecast and indicate when you should go get a coronavirus. Now, the news came of NBA players beginning to uh, bubble off in practice while wearing the aura ring as a way to pre-indicate possible risk, risk factors. I mean, we're, you know, we're seeing all different kinds of designs of masks, and maybe the aura ring might be the thing you want to look for. Uh, and aura is spelled O-U-R-A. I don't know if they sell those on Amazon. Maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, another uh, headline I wanted to share with you that was really funny. So a, uh, a college student is getting a second chance on her economics exam after giving her professor an excuse so crazy that he figured it had to be true. Uh, Sam Lee, she's a junior at University of Georgia, Georgia, claims she failed her online test only because she was eating a meatball sandwich and a meatball fell and hit the keyboard and prematurely logged her out of the exam and she could not log back in because once you finish the test, you hit submit, right? Well, it hit submit, that meatball, that crazy meatball. She got a grade of a 39.17 on the test, so immediately emailed the professor and wanted to do a redo on the test. And the professor says, this is so crazy. I know that this is not made up. So she was able to do a, a second attempt at that test. And after taking that test a second time, she scored an 89.3. I'm sure she was much more happy with that. You know, just a year ago, in theaters, The Lion King devoured opening weekend records for the month of July and a PG-rated film grossing $185 million, Lion King, uh, which I still have yet to see. I've seen the original, finally, but I have not seen the remake of it. Well, we are going to be talking about Hollywood, about the movie theaters, and the future for them. Coming up in the second hour with Dan Buffa from KSDK.com. He's a uh, sports and entertainment contributor. Plus, we have songwriter Tommy Carlos, who has been working 
with uh, some veterans uh, suffering from PTSD, and music is therapy. We're going to find out how that's going. Plus, I've got an experiment that you are going to be amazed by. I feel like uh, Penn & Teller here. Uh, You're going to be amazed by, and it'll be something that you can show your friends and go, look at that, it's real. That comes up in the second hour. We've got a bow in the go stop with one of my favorite Italian restaurants. It's not on the hill, but it is on a hill. But next, we're going to talk with a comedian and high school teacher, Rob Durham, about what's going on with the world of comedy. Don't we all need a laugh? We do need a laugh. We've got a lot for you coming up in the next couple of hours. On The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Stay right there. It's The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and uh, I think one of the best um, mental health things anybody can do is to laugh. And one of the unsung heroes of that are the comedians of this world by, you know, getting together with friends or even going on a, on a date and going to a comedy club and enjoying yourselves. Well, I have St. Louis uh, comedian and school teacher Rob Durham as my guest now on The Voice of St. Louis. Rob, how are you, man? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I just uh, read the article about how it took four months for you to miss comedy. What, what do you think took so long for you to miss it? Um, I, I think it just, you know, I, I got in this little comfort zone and well, the money, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, my, my summertime play money cause I do a lot more shows, but, um, it just, you know, I would, I had done some gigs. I'd done a lot of gigs in the last year and it just wasn't, you know, it started to feel like work. Right. And, um, I, I have kind of plateaued, you know, I have two other careers I'm working on and so, I'm not trying to get to LA or New York or become famous. Um, I enjoy it, but you know, it's kind of a supplemental income now. It's a, it's a skill I've learned. So finally, you know, I, I realized, um, you know, my friend Greg Warren putting out an Amazon special. And I was like, Oh man, that looks like fun. Just having a theater and a, a crowd again. And right. I, I thought more about it. And I listened to some of my old sets as I trying to recall everything. And uh, it just finally hit me that I miss it. But during this, you know, isolation time, uh, because I heard somebody refer to the quarantine as quarantine is really for only sick people. But the isolation time, uh, probably, probably good for you. But during this time, you had to teach school uh, virtually, I I would assume. uh, But that still also gave you some time. Yeah, that, that was very low effort because they made it. They basically told our kids, your grade cannot get any worse from spring break on. So the kids were like, oh, so if I'm set with my grade. So, yeah, it was uh, it was easier. So, you know, I, I started um, I have a bar in my basement that my wife and I named El Toro. So I started making silly bar videos. Yeah. And just pumping one of those out. I put out like 30 of those. They're, they're stupid. But it made me, it gave me something to, you know, an out, a creative outlet other than stand up and teaching. Yeah, some of those videos on YouTube of you were in that bar, and I thought this guy's got some uh, some ammo right there behind him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's helping it through, <laughs> right? <laughs> so now that you have now missed what you've loved, and and even though you came to that point, uh, the isolation has given you time not only to teach, but now with no school in progress, uh, are you writing more because you're you're an author as well? I am. I am working on the sequel to uh, my young adult book, Around the Block. I put that out in 2017. Cool. My students, my students enjoyed it, and so they're come on. We're, you know, they're used to seven part series of everything. Nobody, there's just no not one book when they're young adults. Right, so I right. Am, uh, 
I'm about 80% through the first draft of the sequel. So that'll take at least another year to publish, you know, the revision process. And depending on what happens this fall, whether, you know, we're supposed to go back to classroom, but who knows how long that'll be. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, I'm working working on that. So it's, yeah, I think with teaching was kind of the same way as well. I'm in my ninth year of teaching, and it gets to that spring where you're like, ugh. So I think, you know, we'll have that. You don't know what you got till it's gone. And I, this is the first year I've like been super excited to get back in the classroom. So, well, you, you mentioned in your article about missing comedy after four months, uh, you talked about being on the road, going to hotels, new cities, new Walmarts, yeah. that kind of thing. Did, did your yeah. wife have an opportunity to travel with you or was this your, was this your she, me time? She's gone to some one nighters early on. And then she realized it's not the glamorous lifestyle <laughs> TV and movies make it out to be. <laughs> you're so groupie she uh she normally home um she comes to a lot of my shows in st louis at the funny bone okay so but, um let, let's yeah. i want to talk about the source of comedy that you have in some of the videos i saw about you have a great source of of stuff to write about because kids the kids you deal with you know when you're in, in class and in person that has got to be endless yeah yeah there that is a, a majority of my uh material now is the in the classroom so Something that worries me is, you know, if we're still online for another, I don't know how many months, and I'm doing shows, I'm like, yeah, I was in the class the other day, and people, no, you're not. <laughs> I know that's <laughs> so my weird. Even hold up anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. I listened to uh, Joe Rogan's uh, Joe Rogan Experience, and and of course, him being a stand-up comic, he's like, it's just going to be so weird going back into a, uh, the comedy clubs, um, which you guys, you actually are doing an open mic night coming up this next week. We'll talk about, but do you feel a little apprehensive? about going because I'm telling you, we need you, man. We need you to make us laugh for crying out loud. Yeah, I did uh, I did an open mic uh, in St. Charles, a small little bar in early June when we all thought things were getting better. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it is not like riding a bike. And the other comics, you know, even the ones uh, that were very experienced, too, they're like, oh, that, that just felt weird. And, you know, I, I went through my, I was like, I'll start with a go-to joke. I've been doing it two or three years. And I messed up the most important word in the first joke. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, I tried a bunch of new stuff. It didn't work. I had friends that came out. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is going to take a while. This is going to take a little more effort. Oh, <laughs> so, my gosh. And and, and did you, yeah. can I ask, did you have any, any coronavirus comedy included? Because I know uh, that Joe Rogan had said that, you know, uh, there's not too many people that can really, Joey Diaz can probably be like the only one that could uh, do a coronavirus joke and let it, and, and have it land. Uh, but did you have any coronavirus, uh, uh, content for your, 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 bit? I did not, I did not. Um, I, I may have made like a side comment about it, but I, I figured that especially an open mic, if we're all going to talk about that by the, you know, by the eighth comic, the audience is going to be sick of it. Yeah. So, and well, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> I think, I think you did intend that. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, we, we have to mix it up. You know, I actually made a, a comedy advice video about that. Like, you know, this, this is going to be dated, you know, you know, this, I was a lot more naive thinking it was going to be over sooner than it was, but yeah, it's like, do you, do you include that or not? I mean, I'm going to write some jokes about teaching online. Yeah. I got a student email me in the spring that her dog sat on her, her Chromebook and broke it. Well, that's the online equivalent of dog eats the homework. So <laughs> and it's, 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 it's current. It's current. You got to yeah. give her credit for that, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
So it was a nice, nice lie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, this world has changed so much, and, and, you know, everybody is looking at it. Because nobody alive today has has seen this, unless you're 120 and you should be in the Guinness Book of World Records. But nobody (laughs) has seen this, so it's so weird. Even even to do this uh, this talk show that I do a couple of hours a week on KMOX, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best to not talk about the elephant in the room. And I cannot yeah. imagine, because my job is certainly not to make people laugh, I try to just talk about different things, like like talking to you. And, and you know, how can we get these clubs back open? How can we get people out? Uh, I heard somebody from uh, Lollapalooza um, uh, on the radio saying, yeah, we're not going to be back to normal concerts till at least 2022. I'm like, what? What is yeah. going on in this world? I know. How many more singers are going to die between now and then? <laughs> wow, no kidding there. Holy cow. Um, yeah, so it's tough. So you, you have, you've obviously got a, a, a big circle of comedian friends. Are you guys having similar conversations like this? Like, what the heck are we going to be doing? Um, I haven't had a lot. There's a, a young comic I'm mentoring, my, my buddy Austin. He was a student of mine a few years ago. And I told him, I was like, as soon as you get five minutes, I'll take you on the road open with me. So he's he's going to do a show with me in December. But we did some online writing together on Zoom. Yeah, I'm sure a few comics are doing that. Um, like we mentioned, uh, next Tuesday night, the 28th at 7.30, the St. Louis Funny Bone is reopening for open mics. So I think we're all just going to go in with masks. Um, I don't know what the audience, you know, we'll, we've never <laughs> packed <laughs> You know, it's very rare that open mic is packed. So true. But uh, I think they can space everything out. But it's it's more about, you know, I'm doing it more just to bring business back. You know, my server and bartender friends there have had to come up with other means. So we want to get that club back. And I, I assume, you know, they're going to make it as safe as possible. And, you know, we just want to do our part. We can take our mask off when we're on stage, wipe the mic down, whatever. So... There's there's a yeah. lot of dynamics at play here, and and one thing that I've learned just in in going to the store or whatever, you know, it's amazing how much we take visual cues from people, and you know this better than anybody, being a stand up comic. I mean, yeah. if your if your audience isn't laughing, well, you got to shift and move and do something. But just you know, talking to somebody, you don't know if you're talking to somebody who is mad or you you just can't tell yeah. a lot of times with their eyes. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's going to be even harder in teaching too. But oh yeah, my morning, goodness. I was, uh, I, I, I was in a grocery store and I heard Radiohead playing for the first. I was like, the first time I've ever heard Radiohead in a grocery store. That's pretty cool. And the cashier just stared at me. I don't know if he didn't know Radiohead was. <laughs> I was like, come on, dude, give me something here. We're talking with Rob Durham, stand up comic slash teacher. Rob, do you have a little bit more time? Because I'd love to continue this conversation. Sure. Yeah, I've got at least another month. Okay, Okay, sounds good. We're going to take a quick break. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. We're coming back with more with Rob Durham. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. 
Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, we're back on uh, KMOX with uh, stand-up comic and slash school teacher slash husband slash father. Are you a dad? I am not a dad. That's how I have time for all these other careers. Oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> His name is Rob Durham. You might have seen him if you've gone to the uh, the Funny Bone or uh, you know any number of uh, events around here. So we're going to find the comedy in coronavirus and protesting. Let's go, Rob. Go. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, this, this is just the strangest time in my uh, my life and yours as well. Uh, but you you do you are an author as well. Let's talk about don't wear shorts on stage. Uh, I, I, I'm, right. a, I'm a big reader, and I love to read, and I love to read comedy books. Don Rickles' book is funny. Uh, so many, so many great comedy books. Rodney Dangerfield. Um, where, what's the what's the concept of the book? So I, I know what I'm getting into. Um, Don't wear shorts on stage is kind of for beginner comics on how to make money, or if you've been an open micer for a few years, you want to, you know, how do I progress and actually get through this? I wrote it when I was about ten years into the career. And uh, now I'm at 20 years, so I know a lot more, and I'm considering a second edition. I don't want to sound like one of those college professors that's just trying to make more money. But, you know, the industry has changed in the, in the last decade, and I've got more experience. But it's basically to help people out that have always wondered, you know, kind of a behind-the-scenes. It's, uh, it's nonfiction. You know, I've got a few of my anecdotes in there about things that have happened to me. But, it's, you know, I didn't write it to get laughs. It's more of an instructional yeah. I I think it's important. You know, I did a a morning radio show in Orlando, and we always talked about doing uh, some uh, improvisational training or or improv theater. And we Mm -hmm. never we never did get around to it. But I think I think a book like this could be good for anybody that's in business and in life, because you can take lessons from stuff like that and, and transfer it to your business world, your family environment, maybe, you know, maybe some stuff. Of course, it's comedian centric, but uh, I think there's always good lessons to learn, would you say? Without, I mean, without even me reading it. Yeah, yeah. There have been people that have no intention of ever taking a stage for comedy, but, you know, they want to improve speaking abilities, even other teachers and things like that. Um, there was a, a preacher, actually, that read it one day. Just to, he's like, yeah, I actually learned some things. So that, wow. that was really cool. Boy, that, that's a yeah. compliment, right? Yeah. Well, uh, good stuff. So, so let's talk about uh, schools because we're hearing all these different things. You've been a, can can we mention the school you you teach at? Uh, yeah, I teach at Rockwood Marquette. Uh, I teach language arts mostly to sophomores and seniors. Occasionally, they kiss me freshmen, but not next year. So, yeah, next year I've got a creative writing class of mostly seniors, and then I've got uh, four classes of honors. Dude, you're the guy for it, man. You're already a writer. They, they've got you. Got to get street yeah. cred for that. <laughs> I do, yeah. I, uh, and I hop those books during conferences. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, so let's let's talk about the kids. Okay, we're we're in this changing world. Uh, just what you learned from last, uh, you know, the last school session of the Zoom uh, classes and stuff. What is that even like? It's um, yeah. The kids do not. Uh, well, first of all, their connections all stink because they got three siblings on Netflix. Right. So I can barely, you know, when they speak back, it's very choppy. I have teacher meetings. Everything is crystal clear. For some reason, these kids, it's, you know, it doesn't work. Um, you know, when we're in the classroom, we battle with them sneaking peeks at their phones. So you can imagine the distractions when they're actually on a laptop. You know, they're literally ignoring me. Uh, you know, I've been minimized while they do with whatever. Yeah, they've so, got seven windows open and, and not even paying yeah, attention. Jeez. It was more about um, just 
getting them a little social interaction and overcoming their boredom than actually teaching, I think, in the spring. So, you know, if it, we're going to do, I think with Rockwood, we're planning on having online classes on Monday, and then kids will each come in twice a week later on. Or they can do online completely. I don't know. It's, it changes every week. You know, I, so. and I don't even think it was too long ago, maybe last year or the year before, that the conversation of doing uh, school year-round uh, was was like a, 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 a top of, of conversation for our children. Why give them the two- yeah. or three-month break? Let's just keep grinding. Uh, everybody needs a break, and I get that. But Yeah, uh, yeah that's what for the teachers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, but you, like you, you're not alone in being a teacher with a side hustle, which is stand-up for you, but there's other people that are, you know, construction people or carpenters or artists yeah. or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you weren't a fan of the, uh, the year-round teaching program where you no no i i am not summer's always but I, I need little finish lines in my life <laughs> to amen get through. amen to that so well you know you talked about on one of the videos i saw of how difficult it is because you don't have a crowd to uh to react off of or, or play off of like a musicians it's been kind of cool to see musicians of the world yeah. going on zoom and you get to see their surroundings yeah i'm creeping but i i you know see what their patio looks like or whatever yeah and it's been so kind of fun and 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 you can enjoy that that music that musical show that they're doing for you, but yeah. in in your situation, it, it's it's just not even it's not even heard of. I mean, look how painful it is to watch late night television. Not just yes, not just exactly. the politics that they're doing, which is horrendous to me, but just the the content is just so bad. Yeah, there's no timing, and even you know, I watched the Daily Show last night, and it it was brutal. Um, yeah, you've got to have you know, comedy is a it's a two way street. It's yeah. not just a one way. Th- it's it's supposed to be a dialogue, and not a monologue. So. And 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 the thing is, is the world. I mean, I've felt the the fatigue of this isolation. You know, my wife and I. We I asked her one time. I said, you know, well, what's the best part of me being here? And she goes, well, that you're here all the time. I said, well, what's the worst part of me being here all the time? She goes, that you're here all the time. I'm like, I know. Exactly. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I think coming out of this, I've heard that a lot of teenagers have basically become nocturnal because they've had no reason to wake up. So they're <laughs> like, that's going to be, someone going to invent, I did a, a silly video called PQS about post-quarantine syndrome. Oh, wow. Where we all have to get back in the swing of things. And I, I think, you know, they'll invent some real names for it, but it, it's, it's going to be brutal for these kids to try and get up and get into school at eight o'clock in the morning. <sighs> You might have to be doing uh, um, the moonlight class uh, overnights. Yeah, you start teaching at <laughs> yeah. eleven o'clock when you get back from the stand-up. Uh, the stand-up. Uh, oh, that'd event. be great. <laughs> yeah, right. Great. Uh, so, well, Mr. Durham's in a really, really talkative mood tonight. What what happened? <laughs> and his eyes yeah, are I really puffy. A, <laughs> I do. Uh, I do brew a pot of coffee on Fridays in my room to kind of get him into the weekend. But uh, wow. yeah, they. They definitely need something to wake them up now. Yeah, no kidding. Talking to Rob Durham, stand-up comic slash school teacher. You got all my admiration for taking on that heavy lifting of uh, shaping young minds, so thank you for doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. But let's talk about uh, the funny bone this week. Matt runs a great open mic out there. He uses open mic to kind of test out MCs yeah. to see if they can host the regular week. So if they have good sets and they have hosting ability, he'll sometimes say, hey, you're free Wednesday through Sunday, and he'll give them the rest of the week. It's really cool how that works. So for anybody that's been uh, in isolation and maybe, maybe you know, scratching that itch of being a stand-up comic, this is your opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think sign-up is a little before 7. 
normally they do a meeting. They kind of, you know, go over the basic rules. You get four minutes. There's a light at three minutes. If you don't get off after four minutes, they cut the mic off. No, things like that. Don't wear shorts on stage is one of the rules. I got the title. <laughs> so. And and so somebody really told you that, and which turned out to be your book title. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the things they mention. And there are kids that have to. I've seen guys trade pants with shorts while one goes up, and then he trades back after he gets off stage <laughs> in the bathroom. And it just, you know, I'm going to actually make a video about why you can't do that because it, it does. People want to argue with me and about that whole thing. It's like it just looks bad. It's it's not professional. For people entertaining the idea of coming out, even just as a spectator for open mic night at the Funny Bone at Westport. Before all this, we averaged. I don't know, 40, 50 people, you know, for a Tuesday night, it's, it's a great value and it's fun just to kind of get you through the week. And Rob, I'm telling you, man, people need to laugh more now than ever. And, yeah. uh, so I, I, I want to thank you for your time uh, joining me and uh, I would love to keep your number and, and maybe get you on as things kind of change. Uh, maybe sure. a school starts up. Um, I think you got a great perspective and, uh, and I'm anxious to get your book, too. Uh, uh, don't wear shorts on stage. You can find him at robdurhamcomedy.com. You can find him at the uh, Funny Bone this week. You pro- probably just go to funnybone.com to get the information on masks and social, di- you know, all the, all the rules that you're going to need to live by. But, uh, Rob, thanks again for your time on KMOX, man. Thank you. All right, stick around. Coming up next, we're going to talk Italian food. Now, when you think just for five seconds, where in the Midwest can you find the best Italian food. What comes to mind? The Hill? Oh, buddy. Did I find a place with great Italian food on a really big hill? We'll find out what it is with a bow and the go stop next on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. Hey, this is a bow on the go stop, and boy, do I have a special treat for you. As a matter of fact, I just had a special treat. I had such a wonderful lunch at a place in Jefferson County that a lot of people around here know, but a lot of people around the St. Louis area does not know. And I want to let you know that this Bow on the Go stop has been uh, a working in the making for a very long time because Trattoria Giuseppe is a place that has been in Jefferson County at Highway M and Old 21 for 14 years. And it is one of the finest Italian restaurants on the planet. I just had their spaghetti and meatballs and a a shrimp appetizer, a prawn appetizer, had lunch with a buddy, and I wanted to share with you this wonderful couple that has been together for 43 years, right? Going on almost 44 years. It's Giuseppe and beautiful Grace Prezzavento. Did I get it right? Very good. Very good. Actually, one of the first to get it right. (laughs) Well, because I'm half Italian too, buddy. Malta Man, very good. Very okay, good. so I always make a point that people that come to St. Louis, they want to go eat Italian food, they want to go to the hill. Well, I actually looked up the elevation of where the hill is. I, I punched in Ragazzi's address, and I love Ragazzi's. I've been there along, you know, many times, fishbowl beer, all that stuff. It's at 505 feet above sea level. Here at Trattoria Giuseppe's, it's 896 feet above sea level. So if, you're, if your qualifications for a good Italian restaurant is on a hill, baby, do I got one for you. Giuseppe, when did you f- first love to cook? How old were you? Did you learn it from family? Uh, I have a lot of uh, recipe from my mom and dad, actually. But uh, when I, I used to be a truck driver, and I used to have this, play, this, this little place called Magic Recipe. And they were my inspiration that I went open a restaurant. 
and how long ago was that? When, when did you first start thinking, I want to do this? You've been driving a truck. You sold uh, restaurant equipment, right? Uh, actually, grocery food. Okay. For frozen food, all kind of stuff. But uh, but that was my inspiration. This has been like... Uh, 30 plus uh, years in the making. And you've been together ever since this dream came alive, right? But I said, not going to happen when the kids are in school. (laughs) Not going to happen when they're in high school because I'm not going to miss anything. Because the boys were involved in wrestling and in different sports and not going to miss that. And that's why we were in our... Early 50s when we started this. And you knew a restaurant was going to be your life, right? You knew how much time it took, and you wanted to be able to devote that right time. Well, exactly. And it is our life. It's our baby. Did I know that this was going to be where we were going to (laughs) be? No. It took some convincing. But you know what? I'm glad that we have this place because it's so close to home. The people that we have met over the 14 years that we've been here, the customers that come in, they are the nicest, sweetest people. They are like, they're like family. And and with a lot of them, we've become really, really, really good close friends. Here's the thing, though. You guys have a hideaway here. And I'm almost, I almost didn't want to do this conversation with a bow and the ghost stop because now you're going to be jammed. I'll never get a table in here. Anytime. Your table is also available even in my kitchen. Oh, you know what? And I love that. I love that. So uh, what's your favorite thing on the menu that you serve that you are the most proud to say? Because I'll tell you what. My buddy had your club sandwich. Right. Never seen a club sandwich that big in my life. Well, uh, actually, what I like mostly is the steaks. Really? Yes. I got my own steaks. I got my own fillets, my own strips. Um, Naturally... Spaghetti, lasagna, then we have uh, a really good, um, what, what do you think is the best? Oh, okay. the best oh. Cajun seafood pasta. That is, what? people, yeah. yeah, or the vodka penne, because they think they're going to get drunk because it has vodka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, right. it's burnt <laughs> off. But really, the Cajun seafood pasta, the chicken caratelese is a big seller, yeah. and the vodka penne, along with lasagna. the standard and I, I want to describe it. It's it, You guys have decorated this so cute. It's not a giant restaurant. That's the beauty of it. You have a full bar. I was just trying to think, what was the alcohol that I turned you on to? Do you remember? No, it, I was no, like, you didn't have... Crown Black. Crown Royal Black. That's yes. right. That's right. Do you still have any? Oh, of course. <laughs> Always. Um, so uh, let's go back before the restaurant, before the kids. Where did you guys meet? i got to know that story. Well, actually, we met in Sicily. Grace came on from vacation to, uh, to meet family, and that's how we met. Yeah. Wow. And where were, where were you actually in Sicily? Were you on the beach? Where were you when you... Actually, at she the at the airport. Literally at the airport. And what were you doing at the airport? Just hanging out looking for her? Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And what was it about this guy? Did you just know he was the one? No. Not at first. No. That's but usually the best story. After a while, when he kept coming to my aunt's house all the time, all the time, all the time, we just kind of instantly connected, and, and that was it. Wow. And 43 years later, and two wonderful sons, two fantastic daughter-in-laws, and five adorably fantastic grandkids and counting maybe maybe <laughs> you never know no that's it <laughs> i'm sure um and and uh, are you, that's a question you know it's a family business is your family in the restaurant business too no they have uh, they make real money okay. <laughs> when we first opened everybody was involved yeah. our sons worked here our daughter-in-laws helped out 
and then when because our sons are teachers and so when they were off for the summer then again of course obviously they worked here but after they started their families started having kids well then and they were working on their master's degrees then you know it was time to hang up the apron and be with their family. You have smart kids. I'm so proud of you, man. Yeah, we, we have smart kids. That's great. Not me. I mean, you know, I got to tell you, the times that I walk in here, one of my favorite things is when I see against the wall that has the, the wallpaper up here of the mountains, when that is set up as a long table and there's like 30 people at it and just enjoying the time. You guys get those kind of get-togethers, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Actually, um, a lot of time we just give the restaurant on a sense of somebody wants a big party, 50, 60 people, we do in a heartbeat. You know, a couple of years ago, I think I popped in here to get a gift certificate for my neighbors. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me, that was the year that I learned that you guys do something really special on Christmas uh, for uh, those that are less fortunate, if you can put it that way. Tell me tell me about that whole thing. Oh, the, the Christmas dinner that we've been doing, this will be our 13th. third. 13th year Good this year. It started with just two schools, Antonio Elementary and Clyde Hamrick Elementary. And we just wanted to give back to the community somehow. So we worked with our good friends Ron and Debbie Basinger who are customers but we've become really good friends and they were really the inspiration behind getting this going because out of their tragedy they wanted to do something beautiful right their tragedy they all they were giving back and so this is how it all came together and that very first Christmas we only had like maybe 20 20 people And they were all single moms, with the exception of one family that was a solid mom and dad unit. So then from that, it it grew until finally the third or fourth year we had like, holy camoly, we got (laughs) 80-something people coming. So then we started enlisting the help, well, the fire department, Antonio Fire Department, House 2 and House 1 would always donate canned goods for us. Well, as we grew, we're like, holy cow, guys, we need tables and chairs. They go, no problem. They'd haul up the tractor, the the trailer with all the trailers, unlock and say, okay, how many you need? Take what you want. We'll come back on to, or, you know, whenever Christmas was over. Because we do it on Christmas Day. And that's a that's that is a gift alone that you sacrifice the time with your family to do this, and that's what touched me so much about that time I stopped in. I, again, I was coming to get a gift certificate for our neighbors because we always do that at Christmas time. And here you guys are working. I'm like, what, what, what huh? What's going on here? So you guys were were planning for that. I, I'm just I'm so I'm so happy to know you guys as well as I do. I mean, we we may be we may be blood. I don't know because I do have half Italian blood running through me. Absolutely, you great. Buddy. And the rest is olive oil. I'm guessing that's that's what I'm thinking um but i I do encourage anybody that you know and especially now we're all stuck in four walls uh with this isolation thing if you're looking for a drive and you're listening to this and you're you're meeting giuseppe and grace here on on the radio i want you to go try the food i want you to meet these people i want you to meet their staff they do a great job but you got to find it now if you want your italian food on the hill the hill we love the hill st louis is famous for the hill but they're only 505 feet above sea level. We're 890-something feet above sea level out here in Jefferson County. I want to see new faces walking in to meet these people and enjoy the great food. It is called Trattoria, or 
I say it. Say it correctly. Trattoria Giuseppe. That's the place right there. Online, uh, you can find it on Facebook. Online, uh, just, you'll find it. Come out here and enjoy it. Thank you guys so much for the time and wonderful food over the years. Thank you so much for spending part of your afternoon with us. I wouldn't miss it. Thank you very much, both. But after that meal, now I need a nap. You got the best <laughs> spaghetti meatballs, buddy. Just like Grandma. I appreciate it. Thank you for everything. And there is your bow on the go stop on the Voice of St. Louis KMOX. Coming up after the top of the hour, we've got a couple of things planned for you. We're going to talk about Hollywood. We're going to talk about something really, really creepy that you can do on your phone that you may not believe, and it's going to be something you'll share with people. I promise you that. But next, we're going to talk with local singer-songwriter who is actually in Nashville, but from the Alton area. Tommy Carlos is working with vets, the veterans that have PTSD, with music you're gonna love it it's next on the voice of st louis kmox we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds what could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm thinking maybe it's time to be living the rhyme when I'm singing a song about nothing but rock. And it sure be nice if you enroll with me. Now you might recognize them as Montgomery Gentry and a song called Roll With Me. There's another song I want you to take a listen to from Blake Shelton. Just a little bit of it right now. What I wouldn't give just to go back when you were in my life. Do it right this time. What I didn't do was give my heart. of what I wouldn't give. And that is the voice of Blake Shelton, but the song was co-written by my guest, Tommy Carlos. He uh, hails from Alton, Illinois, but years ago went down to Nashville to chase the dream in Music City, USA, and uh, welcome to KMOX and uh, all of St. Louis. Tommy, how are you, my friend? Good, man. How you doing, Bo? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, I really appreciate this opportunity to talk to you uh, about a bunch of different things. Of course, you've had some great success with the uh, Montgomery Gentry Roll With Me, uh, and I was so proud because I was doing country radio at that time when it hit four weeks at the number one position on the charts, and that is a huge, huge compliment and, a, and an attribute to, to what you do. You moved to Nashville several years ago to chase this dream. Was it as easy as everybody thinks it is? Uh, you know, I got kind of lucky, uh, when I moved down there, the template was basically, you know, if you work hard and maybe get a publishing deal possibly in five to seven years, <laughs> I ended up, uh, ended up playing for a publisher my first week there to be in my workshop. And that led to my first deal basically in my first year there. So I kind of got lucky. Wow. And, uh, and how many years have you been down in uh, the Nashville area? Uh, July 1st was 19 years. What? Was 19 Come on. Are there. you yep. serious? Yeah. Wow. And so I've known you for longer than that. Cause I knew you when you were playing gigs up in uh, Alton and, and around, 
wow, I didn't realize our friendship went uh, back that far. But, you know, I've, I've always hey. said you are the singer, right? And But you are, well, you're the songwriter. But anytime you send me a new song that you've written, I'm always like, you're the guy. You're the one that needs to be singing this, and you're sending these demos out to other artists to record. Uh, are you still enjoying the singing part of it? I am. I've actually, um, you know, I moved to Nashville just to be a songwriter and just being a good singer definitely helps sell your songs. But at this point, I'm, I'm actually uh, just, I've had quite a few people encourage me to do my own thing, which I'm uh, planning on doing. going to release my first album uh, after 20 years of writing songs for other folks. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be releasing that next year sometime. Yeah, and we kind of had a missed opportunity with the, uh, the the COVID and coronavirus uh, because it was actually planned. You were planning a big event up in the Alton area uh, just in the last couple of months, but of course it had to be put on hold. So the whole project's on hold till next year. Um, but you're you're happy yep. with it, right? You're happy with what you came up with. Oh man, it's the the reaction we've gotten for the few people we've played it for has been amazing. So I'm I'm super proud of it. It's basically the best songs I've written in the last five years, and this has probably been my best five years of writing songs. So wow. I'm looking forward to getting it out there. So uh, you know, I've got to ask, what's the culture like in Nashville? Uh, during the uh, coronavirus pandemic that we're all dealing with? I mean, just people you've talked to or uh, songwriters that you work with, but what's that What's that feeling like? You know, it, at first it, it wasn't uh, too bad there, and we kind of had that midweek in June where it kind of felt like it was going away and people started to relax, and I think at that point it just really, really spiked around there. Man, well, and and I think you just recently, within the last month or so, you did play out a couple of times. And by the way, if you ever travel to Nashville and you go down uh, to uh, you know Printer's Alley and you go into one of those bars, there's a chance you could see Tommy playing because you do play Tootsie's and some of those other places, don't you? Yeah, whenever I have folks in, I'll go down and, and sit in for a couple of songs. The Bluebird Cafe is the one I play the most. I probably play there two or three times a year when it is open. Uh, as far as uh, the businesses and stuff, of course, we're in the situation we're in right now, but uh, you think Nashville uh, can bounce back from all this? Because, I mean, we talk about Hollywood and how they've been on hold. Do you think the music business is resilient enough to do that? I do. I think it's actually a little bit easier because uh, people can build tracks now, um, which is what a lot of these guys do that you hear on the radio. So they can they can do all this stuff from a distance and build it together over time, as opposed to acting, where you got to be in the same room as people. Yeah, and uh, comedians. I, 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 you know, uh, comedian uh, Rob Durham, uh, one of my guests this week, uh, also said that you know you got to have you know uh, musicians. You can play on Facebook and, and you know enjoy people making comments or whatever, but a, a comedian has it so tough because they truly feed off you know what's working and what's not working by the crowd laughter or non laughter, which is the worst. But uh, uh, you, you, you are in a different situation because you can still create at any time and not that you go on Facebook and do Facebook lives like I've seen some of the other artists do. Uh, but during this, the one positive out of it was like the comedian said that I talked to that, uh, he's been able to focus on what he's doing and, you know, and really drill down on some things that he was thinking about, never had time for. Do you feel that's the same for you? I do. As far as the writing, it, it definitely helps you kind of, you know, quiet the mind and just kind of focus on the creative side of it. That part is easy for me. Uh, a lot of co-writes that turn to Zoom 
which was a little weird at first. It's not <laughs> right. quite as fun as being in the room with people, but we can still do it. It works. Yeah, we're talking to Tommy Carlos, a songwriter in Nashville, but hails from Alton, Illinois, and uh, and played around these parts a lot, but decided, you know what, I'm just going to go make the move, and he did it almost 20 years ago, and I, I couldn't be more proud of you. And you've, you've hung out with some big-name people that we know, not to name drop, but one of them is that you're very impressed by is uh, Zach Brown Band. Tell me about your songwriting experience with uh, the camp because he has a, a camp Southern ground. I think it's called. Is that what it is? is camp Southern? Yeah. Zach Brown's uh, Southern campground. I actually uh, got hooked up with them through a, um, uh, uh, organization that works with vets with post-traumatic stress, uh, called creative vets. And it's just creative org. creative with the TS.org. And they basically, what they do is they take these guys, they fly them around all from the country and they bring them into Nashville with professional songwriters. And they talk about their, um, they talk about, we may be the first person they ever actually open up to about these very traumatic experiences that they have. Sure, And and the problems they have with their family. And and it's basically about kind of a therapeutic process that gets these guys to open up, talk about it, see other people that have gone through it. And then we write a song with them about it. Uh, it's it's an it's an amazing experience. So is the is the Zach Brown Band uh, campground is that a connection to this? Is that where you guys all go to write, or is that something different? No, that that's part of it. That's part of a week uh, long camping thing that they do during the summers. Uh, Zach Brown has uh, disadvantaged kids come there, and then during the winters he'll bring uh, organizations like Creative Vets down there to to have guys, you know, come and it's the first time some of them were coming there to like deal with their issues. And it's, it's a life changing thing for a lot of them. And what an honor it is. It has to be for you to be, uh, even asked to be part of this group. Uh, tell me about, uh, can you tell me anything about the, the person you wrote with or the people that you wrote with? Yeah. I mean, these, like most of my experiences have been with guys that this is their first time actually opening up and talking about you just, I mean, crazy stuff that, that most of us can't imagine experiencing. Right. And they come in there and they open up and they talk about their family. And, and by the end, it's it's really just awesome to see, like, man, this is awesome that someone could help me put to words what I want to say to my wife or my kids or, you know, to my family. Wow. And it's it's just a, it's an amazing therapeutic experience for them, but, but I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. The song that you had a hand in writing for Creative Vets, by the way, the album is available on Amazon, so if you want to support a great organization, you can go to creativevets.org, and there's a great documentary on there that I just watched a little bit of. That's really good. But on Amazon, go to your Amazon account and look up uh, um, uh, Creative Vets, and it's veteran songs. And uh, Tommy, your your writing uh, your writing of this song is "Fight for You," uh, featuring Quinn Loggins. Now, is is Quinn? Uh, he's is he a vet or is he just a singer for the song? Uh, he was just one of the other writers and the singer that was in the room uh, with me and uh, and our vet, and we. Uh, just kind of, you know, teamed up and, and helped him write the song that he wanted to write to his family. And the vet that you uh, worked with on this, had he ever written a song uh, before? Was he a musician or a musical background? No, I had no musical background, nothing like that. He just, this is his first time ever doing anything like it. And he, he even said, you know, hey, I was really skeptical about this, but you know, <laughs> it's been a pretty amazing experience. Well, uh, let's just play a little bit of it right now. Hang on. Yeah. How to say exactly how I feel 
But I know the old me is somewhere inside still When I wake up All I think of Is how to be the best for you Wow, that is beautiful. Tommy, man, what a great song. Thanks so much. Uh, and, and how long of a process was that for you and the uh, vet you were working with and the other musician and songwriter? Uh, that was, you know, we spent a couple hours kind of getting to know each other and then probably another three or four hours writing the song. You want to mention some of your fellow songwriters that you work with? Charlie Brown up there. Now, he hasn't made the move, but he, he, has, he has done some writing with you. Charlie uh, did move there for a few years, and he's back here. He's actually teaching at uh, Bethalto um, High School. He teaches home ec there. And, um, yeah, he we wrote the Blake Shelton song that I had recorded together with a guy named Charlie Steffel. Wow. So cool, man. Yeah. Well, hey, continued uh, good luck. Uh, my best to your family. Uh, safe travels to you. Uh, definitely come back when you are getting ready to release your very own album, which I've been preaching from the mountaintops for a long time. You need to be the guy. I'm excited about it, man. I got to tell you, Bo, all the way back, even before I, I moved to Nashville, you were you were a huge part of what kind of helped my band uh, take off in St. Louis. We played around here every weekend for about two years other than holidays, and uh, you you really helped us out. You've always been a huge fan and support to me, so I just want to let you know I appreciate it. Well, it has been a pleasure uh, to know you, and uh, you know there's people in the Alton area. That area, uh, Borderline, is a great country band that plays, and they still play out quite a bit. Um, but there's there's so many great talented people that are here um, in St. Louis, giving us great entertainment when they can. But then there's those unicorns like yourself that say, you know what, I'm going to go try it, and here we are, 20 years later. Yep. And by the way, Borderline, uh, those guys, I play with them usually around Thanksgiving. They do a Toys for Tots thing every year. I don't know if they'll be doing it this year, but uh, it's always a, a good cause. It'll be <laughs> it'll be a virtual party like everything else is. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. If, if we need to be. Tommy Carlos on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Thanks, buddy. All right, so we've talked about comedians, we've talked about music, and now we are going to talk about Hollywood and movies, big blockbusters, and even the movie theaters. Coming up next, we'll have Dan Buffa from KSDK.com, their sports and entertainment writer, is my next guest on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Well, in 2020, we have all had to learn how to entertain ourselves differently. Uh, and hats off to Hollywood for getting us streaming movies, even the new features that come out. I think one night we did spend $20 to watch a new release. But you know what? That's a whole lot cheaper than having to go to the movie theater. But you know what? Going to uh, the the living room to have a date and going to the movie theater to ha- uh, go to a movie and have a date is it's just different, right? You miss going to the movie theater like we do. And we never did go a lot, but, you know, once a month, I would say, uh, would be our schedule to go to the theater. Uh, but it's different. It's a lot different. Sporting events, baseball's great to have back, but uh, it just proves how much uh, Americans entertain themselves by going to places or events or even restaurants or bars. And so there's a take on the movie industry, and what's going on, where it's going to be going, uh, that was featured on KSDK.com. Dan Buffa is my guest, and it is weird, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you have to start thinking about, you know, how are they going to 
make a comeback because 2020 is just looking more and more like it's just going to be a lost year. Yeah. Um, trying to get these movies out because Christopher Nolan, he was the one with his movie Tenant, which was supposed to come out on the 17th of July. That was supposed to be the barometer that every movie theater, all the studios could go, okay, well, if he releases his movie, then we're going to be just fine. But then he delayed it twice, and now it's delayed indefinitely. So now you have to look to, I want to say, September or early October for Wonder Woman 1984 or Mulan. And even, you never know, you, you might get there and they might just push it back. So movie theaters, they just, I, you know, they, they, they depend, especially the smaller ones in town like the Tivoli or Plaza Frontenac or the High right. Point. They need movies right now. And the only theater that really has a full schedule right now, I happen to know the, the manager there, and they're showing about a couple new films a week at the Gallery of Six, and then a couple or two or four old movies, and they're not really doing that well. So you kind of start to think, can they make a comeback after this lost year? And well, and, and, and what does that experience even look like? Are they are they making you sit six feet away from the person you're going to the movie with? When I went to see, I went to see a, a bad movie, actually, a new Kevin James movie called Becky, where the guy from King of Queens tried to play a bad guy. And right, probably right. Shouldn't have. <laughs> I was in a theater probably with like three people, and it was their biggest theater, and it was nice, but if I, I kind of thought to myself afterwards, man, this is all the people going to come out for a relatively new movie. You know, it, movie theaters could be in trouble even when they start – you know, launching their big guns again, like they're launching their big studio pictures and blockbuster releases. Well, and you're talking about the movies that are, that are already filmed and already in the can. A few weeks ago, I had a guest on my show that's a stuntman in Hollywood. And, oh. and he's talking about productions are completely shut down because if, you, you know, if, if people think about, uh, you know, what you see, you may see a, a love scene between two people in a movie, but there's a hundred people behind the camera that are taking care of catering, makeup, writing, producing, you know, lighting, all these things uh, that the, the movie sets uh, are so limited. Actually, he was just trying to, you know, get some work doing commercial work, uh, you know, yeah. for vehicles. He's a, he was a stunt driver or whatever. Um, so that that is backloaded as well. There's, you know, productions that had to shut down and I I'm hearing very little of anything even happening in the world of, you know, Hollywood movies. So it, it is just crazy. It really is. You know, just, uh, last night, my wife and I are sitting down and, you know, it just seems like we can't find anything on TV to watch. And I'm flipping through channels. I get to the Freeform channel and they're showing Mary Poppins. And I'm like, wow, they are dusting off some old VHS tapes to put different content out online. I'll tell you another experience because you do talk about and you got a little pushback by will streaming kill the movie theaters. I don't know if you saw the tweet that pushed back on you on that. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> well, humans need entertainment. And look how much entertainment we're losing just in the sports field, uh, let alone the movie theaters. But my wife and I started from episode one of Cheers on Netflix probably three months ago. And we're, you know, churning through it little by little. And we get to like episode or uh, season four, episode whatever. And all of a sudden, I don't know if the Netflix uh, robots know that we're, you know, locked into the show <laughs> because all of a sudden they pulled it from us. But you can buy it. You can buy the, the rest of the seat. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot of like right now, streaming is really taking advantage. Really, in the last week, they're making some big moves. They still have a movie with, with The Rock coming out on Netflix. They have a, a Denzel Julia Roberts movie, and it's now been signed up. They're 
they're getting these big 90 to $100 million productions, and they're making, at least in their terms, they're making their value or money back because the new Charlize Theron movie, The Old Guard, scored, I think, 72 million views in its first 10 days. And for Netflix, you know, you think how they make money. Well, that's going to make a lot of people sign up. That's going to make a lot of people renew. Sure. And, and that just powers those new movies. Because right now, for the last four months, un, as far as coming out in theaters, there hasn't been much. But streaming on Amazon and Netflix, I mean, Hulu, Hulu original, they had an Andy Sandberg movie called Palm Springs come out two weeks ago. So the streaming devices are really winning right now. What does a guy like you uh, get into when you flip on Amazon, Hulu, or uh, Netflix? What What are you into right now? Well, there's a great one of the good things about Netflix is that they they pick up these shows that were that were produced by other networks, the ones that were just not marketed well. They did it with Waco um, a few week, a few months ago. Yeah. And they picked up this Paramount Network show, and they did it with a show that I really liked. It was an MMA show called Kingdom, and it was filmed and distributed by DirecTV three, three, uh, three years ago. And it went, and it, it ended, and nobody watched it, but it was an amazing show. It's got a, a lot of actors that you probably wouldn't know by name, right. but you just know them by face. Frank Grillo, who was in the Marvel movies, Jonathan Tucker, Matt Loria. So they, it's about a retired fighter and his two sons, and they work out at this gym. I called it the Sopranos of the gym. Wow. Because well, because, you know, these characters, they're so messed up. Nobody is a clear-cut good guy. They all make mistakes. One of them is, you know, that he's got a, he does drugs. The other one is trying to keep fighting. And the other one's got secrets. And the whole gym is kind of a, it's chaotic. And, and I just found this to be, I mean, I got to interview the whole cast. And, again, it was kind of a low, nobody watched it because DirecTV just didn't know how to market it. Right. And so... Three years just about after it goes off the air, Netflix just scoops it up and they release it this month. It's an amazing show. So those are the kind of shows I've been kind of revisiting. Uh, did you did you get into the Tiger King? I did. I watched the Tiger King, and uh, let's just say between that and, and uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, I haven't really gotten those two things. Like you know, I, I haven't deleted those from the brain just yet. Oh boy, that's some serious stuff. But you know what? It's conversations like this that people are going, "Hey, I want to watch that uh, Kingdom." Yeah. I wanna, you know, so so it is. It's it's who you talk to, who you listen to. Uh, you did mention the Paramount Network. Have you done Yellowstone? I have. I we I watch Yellowstone just about every week, except for the last one on Sunday. But yeah, that's a that's probably like one of the, right now the really the the event TV of the week for me. It's yeah. a wait for. And, it, you know, it, it's one of those shows you can kind of look forward to. It's got a lot of uh, drama and action. But, no, I, I, I think it's great. It is. I think Kevin Costner's done a great job. The cast is fantastic. Um, yeah. I, I, when, I, when I try to describe it to friends, I'm like, uh, okay, so it's like billions in Sons of Anarchy uh, got on horses, <laughs> and there you go. Uh, but it, yeah, it's done well. But I will say this, and since you've watched this uh, this far uh, this season, except the last week, uh, se- the second episode to me seemed like there was a whole lot of filler. And I think, and I said to my wife, I said it's probably because productions are down that you know they they can't you know they're using everything they've got in the can to fill up these you know these episodes because it just seemed like it was like it just kind of fell flat for me. Just the second episode. Yeah, there's a lot of shows that do that, especially when the ones that have 10 to 12 episodes or more, you, you almost kind of, it's either they they, they kind of threw that against the wall and hoping it, hope it was going to stick, <laughs> right. or they just, 
Or they just kind of thought, okay, this is the one episode of the season where we're just going to have all this useless stuff happen. Yeah. But maybe there'll be a string that will pull from that later in the season that perhaps a little thing happened in an episode and that'll lead to something really big. Well, Dan, I'm going to tell you, you're going to love this next episode you're going to watch. I've already watched it. It's phenomenal. And it exposes oh, a lot man. of stuff, too. So <laughs> uh, get your popcorn ready and go. The other thing I wanted to mention, since you are a, a sports commentator, a sports writer, I guess you would say, at KSDK, um, uh, you know, it's all weird. How, how is baseball going to feel? I mean, I've already seen some uh, footage, but without a crowd... What 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 are we going to have? We're just watching like a practice game. It all, it's going to feel like it's almost going to be like you know when when you drive by Forest Park and you see the softball games. Yeah, like, just oh, like that. Oh yeah, that that that's kind of cool. But imagine if that was like Major League Baseball players. You know, right? You're just going <laughs> to. I mean, it's going to be. I know they're trying to implement some crowd noise. I I think you should just look, put it on TV. Let us watch it. And we can just like create our own little, you know, dramatic interludes and musics in our own homes as we watch the games because it is going to be weird. But out of all the sports, baseball, which you know they're practically social distance on that field, this is the one sport that can actually really, really work and be safe. You know, other sports you just got to have so much contact. So I think people should soak in that baseball because it might be the one sport that we get. Um, this summer, right? Yeah, without exchanging fluids and you know bumping yeah, and scratching each and other, pushing yeah. each other around. That sounds delicious. Okay, <laughs> um, so before I let you go, now that we're on talking about sports, have you caught uh, on ESPN? Have you caught the cornhole championships? It's I re- have not, but 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 I, I'm actually rewatching the the Jordan documentary, which is actually on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet. Is it good? It, it, it's really good, and I think that the people that didn't like it, I think it, it cast an even more really honest light on Michael Jordan and how he did what he did. So oh, wow. I think I, I thought it was phenomenal because here's a guy who never tried to be anything else than the person he was, the athlete he was, and I think that people didn't like that his production company made it. Jordan is just kind of telling you, look, this is the way it needed to happen for me to win six championships. Wow. And I think that you get a good look at Pippen's childhood, Rodman, Bill Jackson. I found it to be phenomenal. Okay, well, that's quite an endorsement. So there's something else people can uh, tune in, including myself. Uh, by the way, uh, Michael Jordan, celebrity crush for my wife. So we'll have to watch that. <laughs> uh, and I'll leave you with this. Dan Buffa from KSDK.com. I will leave you th- with this. If you haven't caught this on ESPN, I did. And we talked about you know movies that are already in a can. Well, shows or sports events that are already in a can, you've got to find the Cannonball Championship. And you're welcome. (laughs) I will. I'm going to go find that very, very soon. (laughs) Right after Yellowstone. Okay, buddy. Hey, great talking to you, and uh, let's talk again soon, okay? All right. Well, if you're on Facebook or Instagram, you get a lot of messages forwarded to you. And in Messenger through Facebook, I received a video that kind of stopped me in my tracks, and it'll probably stop you in your tracks. We'll delve into that next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It's the voice of St. Louis KMOX, and if you were listening on your uh, smartphone or your uh, iPad or maybe you're listening through your Alexa, I want you to grab your phone because you're going to need it because you'll definitely want to try what I'm about to show you. You know, oftentimes we get uh, people sending us stuff, weird stuff, funny stuff, some stuff you cannot unsee, and then some things that just kind of 
pique your interest and go, wow, is that really true? So a few days ago, I received this video in my Facebook Messenger, and I'll uh, play a little bit of it here for you, and then, uh, and then we'll do it together. Take a listen. Hey, Facebook friends. Um, I was just informed about something really, really shocking, and I had to come on live right now and show this to you. Someone said, hey, try this experiment. Go to Google, type any three-digit number, and then hit the word new cases and watch what happens. And I did it four or five times, and any random number I picked showed up a new story about that exact number of cases. And I'm gonna show it to you right now. I grabbed my husband's phone because I wanna show you, I showed it to him and I just, if you don't realize we are being played by the media, we are being played by the media. So I'm gonna show this to you right now, watch. I'm in Google. I'm just gonna make up a, a number, um, four, five, six, new cases go and if you scroll down look here four five six new cases pick another random number my birthday is may 8th so let me do five oh eight here it is san diego reports 508 new cases imagine that all these news headlines are exactly the number i posted and so I actually tried doing it with four numbers. And when you do four numbers, let's see, just pick a random, uh, uh, okay, December 19th is my birthday, so 12, 19, new cases, and right there. Active cases in South Dakota are now 1,219, a decrease of 23 from Saturday. That was a headline from the uh, kiloland.com website for May 17th, 2020. And that's just my birthday. Random number. Try it. Grab Google and punch in any random three or four digit number because it does work with four too and, and see what you come up with because I don't know why it would be that way. Uh, maybe it's just because we've all been talking about uh, COVID and coronavirus for so long that there's so much out there. But if you take a random number, here, let me do one more before we go. Okay, you know what? I won't even look. I'll just punch in. Okay, it turned out to be 1,747 new cases. I was not looking at my phone when I punched that in. And let's see here. Sure enough, uh, New Braun Falls, Camel County. Uh, this must be, uh, this is in Texas. Uh, they have confirmed 80 new cases of COVID-19 for a total of 1,747 cases. And I randomly punched that number in without even looking at the screen. Weird. What does it say? I don't know. Okay, you try that and share that with your friends. It's a good party trick, right? Ugh, a little weird. All right, coming up next, we're going to beat up some headlines with Brian and Billy next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It's The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. And uh, before we get out of here, I wanted to touch base with a couple of buddies of mine uh, that we had on the show uh, with a game, a uh, trivia game back around the 4th of July. Uh, it's uh, Brian and Billy. So it's Bo, Brian, and Billy beating up the headlines. And I got to tell you guys. Good to be back. It is Christmas in July. Mm. And I say that out of all the politicians in all of the United States, who is the most, who is the most giving and most elf-like person of all elf like that's a 
That's a tough one. <laughs> so giving. Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi says the $3 trillion coronavirus legislation in May was a gift to President wow. Trump. Wow, really? Wow. I thought she would want to give him something, anything else but a gift. But she says that that is a gift for him uh, to help you know the country survive all of this that's going on. But for her to take claim to that. But then, of course, she turns around and says all these deaths, because he's not wearing a mask, are his fault. Right. Yeah. As though he went around and killed everybody himself by sneezing on them. <laughs> yeah. and well, and she was the one that was in Chinatown when it was said uh, that people should be socially distancing. So, And it was right after he had uh, created the travel ban right. for Chinese people. And here right. she was, I mean, just taunting him as she does every day. I don't think I could wake up with a job that I would just want to, I would want the, the boss to fail every day. Could you, could you even imagine that? That is, it's an incredibly selfish standpoint. Not even that, as a you know, citizen. You have any idea how many citizens are out there that, that are that right. are rooting for this guy to just fail? I mean, we fail with it. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I really, I don't understand this country anymore and, and the way we're thinking. In my family and my friends, I can't believe how many lawyers and doctors I now have. Everybody's an expert <laughs> now with COVID. They all right. know what's going on. The budget, people that aren't working, you know, this the whole six hundred extra dollars each week. Right. I thought that was excessive. I'm going to confess, I'm one of the experts now. Right. <laughs> uh, YouTube twenty four seven. Um, watching cities on fire, for, and nobody's doing anything for about over it. fifty days now. President Trump said the other day that he wanted to send in the feds to Kansas City to help them out because their police chief said we can't handle what's going on, but Portland, on the other hand don't want anything to do with feds coming in. Well, and they, they tried to blame it. They tried to blame it on the feds. And, and what the feds are doing there, first of all, uh, they're, they're protecting federal property. Yeah. And in, in, that, federal, in that federal property are federal workers who need to be protected as well. Did you see that the Portland mayor got uh, got uh, gassed? Uh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you see that? He got chased into a building, yeah. It was working there for a little while, but right up to the end, and they're like, so they were looking for something in response, and they're like, I got nothing. He's like, I've got nothing. This is what it is. And they're like, well, that's not good enough, and they started chasing him. If Trump said, we're going to send in the feds to help you guys out. That's when the Democratic Party could say, he's turning our soldiers on our own people. Right. Did you hear the Washington NFL franchise announced a placeholder name? <laughs> Brian's yes. obviously heard. Oh, did you hear it, Billy? Yes. <laughs> the Washington football team. <laughs> if anybody's seen them play in the last few years, even that's right. a stretch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Okay, so big picture stuff. If the NFL were to fail, I mean completely, after all this political stuff that's included, because we, wa we tune in to watch a game, right? But with all the political environment, I've actually tuned away from a lot of this stuff for the last several years. But could you see the world football soccer becoming prominent in the United States? I mean, St. Louis yeah. is building a huge stadium right now. Uh, could that take the place of? I didn't if think soccer was going to work. Well, they built a, a big stadium in Orlando. And I'm like, yeah, this will last a season, maybe two. And then they'll put it up for sale. No. Uh, the the people really uh, there's a lot of people that follow soccer or you know internationally they do yeah football or what they call it yeah football but, uh, and I love it I mean I didn't think I would it's a lot of running around and without without a lot of action but the action that that happens during soccer is pretty quick 
and it's pretty exciting. But I'd like but, to go see a game live. I think that's a different would be a different experience. Here, here's a if if you're if you're going to not tune in to American football because of the politics, you're not going to tune into Major League Soccer because the the politics in international soccer is rampant. Is it really? Okay, uh, I didn't know that. An, oh yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I I accidentally turned on a soccer match the other day, uh, and it was two of the British teams going after each other, mm. and uh, there was a lot of Black Lives Matter jerseys on those on right those right and that's sure. you know do what you're gonna do um i've got no problem with that but you know the whole kneeling for the flag you know it, that's not it's not gonna change just because you change sport for the viewer i go for it for what i want i want a game i want the cool commercials at super bowl um but i i just i i want to separate it's like going to a concert if you go to a ted nugent concert you know you're going to get a political statement I go to concerts for the music, not for the political stance. Um, So for anybody that's over, just over this stuff, I got an idea. I saw on ESPN two different events that you could uh, check out. Number one was uh, the the Cornhole Championship, which is very intriguing. Yeah, and they're talented. That's craziness to be able to throw that well. They got my respect. But the other one is the uh, Cannonball Championship. It's like it's like American Ninja Warrior over water, and you intend to hit the water and make the biggest splash you can. It's actually a thing. <laughs> now, where did you see that? I want to watch where did that? you see that? ESPN. Wow. Oh, very good. <laughs> I grew up as a Denver Bronco fan all my whole life. I haven't watched the past five years. Yeah. I mean, it kills me, too. I mean, I do go back, and I look, and I have it on my phone, and I check what the scores are. But I'm not like I was. I'm really looking forward to baseball coming back because there was still a little bit of, of purity, I, I guess you could say. Uh, although you're still seeing some arguments amongst the players as to who wants to use their platform, which is something that just baffles me. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if imagine if everybody had a platform. And it turns into a Jerry Springer show. I mean, really is what it boils down to. <laughs> this, dude, this world is a Jerry Springer show at this point. It really is. I think people are addicted to it. I, I really think that people are addicted to the to the, the controversy, the, the turmoil. And then you add in, now you can't leave your house. You can't go out and socialize. They got uh, you right where they want you. People are addicted to it. I'm addicted to it. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you're going to have to just say no once in a while. <laughs> It's good for your mental health. Real quick, quick question. Have either one of you seen the Neowise comment yet? Either one of you? The who? The comment. The Neowise comment? Oh, the comment. No. Com- no. Uh, yeah, we're going to check it out. Try to check it out tonight. But there isn't much time if you haven't seen it. And it's so weird that this thing just popped up like a week, couple of weeks ago. And they're going, oh, it, we won't, it won't come back for another 7,000 years. They didn't even know it existed a month ago. How do they know it's not going to come back for another four or 7,000 years? And, and where do I look? Up. Well, <laughs> north, there's a, there's a, we got, I've downloaded an app. <laughs> I downloaded an app on my phone, and uh, it shows you exactly where it's at. The Skyview app on your phone. You can hold your phone yep. up at any time. You got that. Uh, okay, so, uh, guys, thank you very much. That's Big Headlines with uh, Bo, Brian, and Billy. And uh, you know what? That was fun. Let's do this again. Oh, you bet. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that is going to wrap it up for my show. And uh, so thanks for joining me. And if anybody wants to hear anything that's happened on the show or uh, uh, you want to repeat it or share it, go to the radio.com app. You can uh, share that uh, and listen to it again and back up that with the rewind button. It's really cool. Uh, or go to KMOX.com on your computer. But uh, that's it. Have a great week, and uh, we will talk soon. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 